I love a beautiful lawn. You love a beautiful lawn. Everybody loves a beautiful lawn, but they don't love how long it takes and how difficult it can be. And that is where True Green comes into play because it's the easiest and most affordable way to get that beautiful lawn. Let's be real. You've got plenty of other things to do in your free time than focus on your lawn care. So let True Green take care of all of that hard work while you get to do everything else that you want to do like go play golf. Here's what you need to do. Visit truegreen.com. Okay. It allows you to do you let them do the lawn care. And if you visit truegreen.com to get the best lawn at the best price with the best people, that is all guaranteed. You can trust true green to give you the best lawn because they are the official lawn care treatment provider of the PGA tour. They offer a satisfaction guarantee and they have a verified best price promise, which guarantees you the lowest price with no compromise on quality. It's truegreen.com. Get started now. Robert Half Research indicates 9 out of 10 hiring managers are having difficulty hiring. If you have open roles, chances are you're feeling this too. That's why you need Robert Half. Our specialized recruiting professionals engage with our proprietary AI to connect businesses of all sizes with highly skilled talent in finance and accounting, technology, marketing and creative, legal, and administrative and customer support. At Robert Half, we know talent. Visit roberthalf.com today. Freaking first cut. Golly! Welcome to the First Cup Podcast. I'm Rick Gaiman, and this is your almost round two recap for this week's 3M Open. Joining me to break it all down, Greg Ducharme is here. Hello, Greg. Hello, Rick. Uh, happy Friday afternoon. I hope yeah. you're having a, a wonderful week. Um, yeah, 3M Open almost underway through two rounds, but we saw some good golf, and I, I think there's a little bit more good golf on the way. Yeah, so where we're at at the moment, we are live. We usually do this right when coverage ends. So coverage is scheduled to end around 7 p.m. Eastern time. They have been in a weather delay for about the last 90 minutes. Now, they are planning on getting back out on the golf course here on Friday evening in about... 15 more minutes or so. And then they'll have, uh, based on my incredible knowledge of Google, Greg, about two hours and 20 minutes of daylight remaining. My hunch, they will not complete this round, but they will get close. They, I think that's right, Rick. Um, and again, this is one of those things you don't know the answer, but you, you can kind of find it. Uh, so I think that's a, I think that's pretty accurate, but they're not going to play uh, 12 holes or, or, you know, 11 holes in two hours and 20 minutes. Um, I, I do expect to see some more birdies fly. Mm. This is typically what happens. It looks like that wind is going to lay down after the wind, uh, after the rain delay, a little bit smoother on the greens as well. Um, so I, I think you're going to see some really, really nice scoring conditions on the other side, which we'll have to get into tomorrow. Well, we have a pair of 10 unders in the clubhouse. They went out early. They are done. They are Kevin Streelman and JT Poston. Let's start with Streelman because that's not a name, Greg. We've talked about uh, as much recently, not at all. Really, this season, he entered the week 120th in the FedEx Cup standings. He shot a clean three under 68 around TPC Twin Cities on Friday. Uh, that goes with his... Thursday, 64, and all of a sudden, Kevin Streelman has himself back in the mix for the first time 
in my recent memory. I don't I I don't even remember the last time. Quite frankly, it's been it has uh, it, it's been a struggle for him. I mean, what is it? Time, the last time I re- I rem- I'm sure he has been in contention way more often than this. The last time I literally remember him in contention is was did he get into a playoff with DJ like four years ago, or did he just miss out on a playoff with DJ like four years ago? What was it like? Brendan Todd got into a playoff, and I think Streelman was like second. I, I don't even I, I don't even remember that. <laughs> Did this happen? Did this exist? I, I don't remember. Maybe, Brendan, maybe you know what? It wasn't a playoff. It was Brendan. They were like tied on the back nine and Brendan Todd sh- straight skulled one. Do you remember this at all? Um, Was this was this in Memphis? Oh, boy, I do. I do. Re- I remember that Brendan Todd shot. But I'm I mean, like, I, I think remember this. You know what I I do think um, the point is kind of well made. <laughs> yes, right? that's that's the point I'm trying to make. Is who the heck remembers? Who knows? Yeah, but a nice round today. Um, yes. Three birdies, no bogeys. Uh, hit the ball really well, and you know during that rain delay, uh, it might actually have been on the coverage. Uh, I I heard an interview with him, and he talked about making a little change during a little bit of time off. Uh, getting his body squared up at a dress and, and it felt really nice for him almost immediately. And it was just speaking to me how important the setup position is, but also how close these guys are on a, on a day-to-day basis. I know there are some players in the field who were kind of waiting for them to get things back. And something like this makes you wonder how, how close they really are. So we made that little adjustment and it's worked out because, you know, today, and yesterday really hit the ball really, really nicely. He has been actually pretty good this year with, with his iron play, uh, which has been the strength. Um, but today he was really good. He hit 16 greens today. I uh, didn't really make very many mistakes. He hit, hit the ball in the fairway. He didn't putt the way that he did yesterday, but fortunately when you're able to go out and shoot a 64 in the first round, you don't have to. Right. This is that, you know, we always talk about this, Rick. Strokes gained is cumulative. And when you can go put it, put something in the bank like that, it goes a long way uh, on future days. And it, it relieves the pressure of having to make everything that you look at. So he's able to enter this weekend in contention, feeling really good about his golf swing and, and another good putting day or two. Um, and, and he could really like where he sits uh, on Sunday afternoon. Yeah, great assessment there. That that uh, event that I was thinking about, the DJ Brendan Todd, Kevin Streelman event, was the 2020 Travelers Championship. Oh, wow. Yes. Uh, Streelman finished runner-up. Uh, that was Todd and DJ were kind of going at it at, on the back nine there, and uh, that was the last time I remember. That, that is uh, quite a quite a tease, the, the DJ Streelman Todd Come on. mix it up <laughs> just the old uh yeah. yeah i mean those three put them in a put them in the in the cage and let's just see who comes out yeah <laughs> well we all remember how that one turned out uh, uh quite well for dj yes as you'd probably imagine jt poston back to back 66s i'll tell you what poston's name has certainly been in the mix as of late because he had back-to-back t6 finishes john deere classic uh scottish open 
goes over to the Open Championship, plays okay. Greg makes the cut, finishes T41, comes back to TPC uh, River Highlands with a new sponsor on the cap and just rocking and rolling, baby. You know, I was I was looking at this, uh, some of his recent form uh, um, before we started today. And what's amazing to me about JT Poston is it, it seems like every week he gains strokes approaching the green. In fact, this season, this PGA Tour season, it's all but two. But every every time he gains strokes approaching the green, he finishes inside the top twenty. Yeah, uh, which is or top twenty one. It's it's really impressive stuff, and that's what he's been doing over the last couple of weeks. The Open Championship, he did gain strokes approaching the green. That was one of the two where it, it didn't lead to a top twenty finish. But when JT is feeling it with the postman, of course, when he's feeling it with the golf swing is really dangerous because he is a consistent putter. And it's kind of the, the reverse model here where he just needs a good ball striking week and it leads to a good finish, but he's such a consistent putter that, uh, you know, he, he puts together a lot of rounds like he had yesterday where he gained over three strokes putting. And all of a sudden he starts feeling it with the swing and, and these scores start coming out a lot. So I, I think this is a great golf course for him. It kind of fits the mold of where the postman has played well. And um, and right now he's in a great spot. Yeah, he's played. This is the third time he's teed it up here. His first two trips to Blaine were 2021 T28 and then last year T11. So, yeah, certainly a good spot for him. And he is, uh, as of this moment, in a share of the co-lead. The, the, one of the guys who can mess this up is uh, Lee Hodges, who is still out on the golf course, Greg. He's played eight holes. He's two under through his second round. He makes up the third man of the trio in at 10 under. So I don't know. I mean, this could go a lot of ways. He could be your overnight leader. He could lose a couple strokes and, and drop out of this. I, I think that just our, at least my assessment of Lee Hodges is this is kind of what you get. You can get, he's popped up, right? He's been kind of a popper as of late. You've gotten a couple of, a couple of top 20, uh, 12 finishes uh, recently, but he offsets him with a lot of missed cuts, but this is, this is one of those good weeks. Yeah. He's feeling really, really good right now. And uh, he's made two birdies and no bogeys on the card so far today. So I, I look, I think this is a great opportunity for Lee Hodges. Um, and I know that the scenario, the stakes are completely different. Uh, the players are completely different, but in a way it reminds me of what we saw at the masters in 2021, where Hideki Matsuyama came out on Saturday after a rain delay. And I, I think Hideki started on 11, if I remember correctly, and went nuts on that back nine and basically won the tournament in that little stretch. And I don't know if Lee Hodges can win the tournament, but he can really separate himself with, uh, you know, he's got what, 11 holes remaining. So yeah. if he can play those in five under par, get really hot in these really scorable conditions, you know, he could really uh, create some space between he and uh, the other guys at 10 under. And, uh, and, and that could make him really hard to catch. The, Back nine is also the easier nine. So he really could take advantage here. Do you remember what Hideki Matsuyama said he did during that 77-minute rain delay at the Masters? What spurred him to one of the greatest uh, runs that we have seen and then eventually onto a green jacket? I believe he went in his car and looked at his phone. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> he said... 
It was like, Hideki, you just went like seven under in your last nine holes at Augusta National. You are now in the lead at the Masters. What did you do during that rain delay? He's like, I went and I went in the car and was on my phone the whole time. It, it's like exactly <laughs> what it's exactly what you would do if if you were playing like yeah. a bucket list course that's, and that's there's like, a rain delay. That is exactly how I spent that 77 minutes. <laughs> right. But I did not like, yeah, I didn't. You were sitting on the couch instead yeah. of the car, right? Yeah. We were strolling the same stuff, though. Yeah. I'm sure. <laughs> Uh, so that's the that's the big three at ten under right now. Two of them in, obviously. Lee Hodge is still out on the golf course. The the nine unders are pretty interesting here, Greg. We'll point out one um, because he got done the early wave, and I'll save a, a couple others for for later. But Emiliano Grillo was one of the more popular, like one and done selections for this week. He was somebody who came in with some of the shortest odds we've seen on him. For most of the year, he fired a 68 to back up his uh, Thursday 65 and is in at nine under par, which is one shot off the current lead. Um, it's not always pretty. I watched a lot of his stuff on PGA Tour Live. It's not always pretty. He is making more putts and his results are really are really coming together right now. He's very clearly confident. Um, you know, today's round kind of reminded me of what we talked about with Kevin Streelman where round one is where you do a, a lot of the damage and all of a sudden not a whole lot happens today. You know, there, there wasn't any area of his game that performed particularly well today. Um, he did hit a lot of greens just like Kevin Streelman, but you know, it, it wasn't like some of the other guys near the top of the leaderboard here who have kind of gone crazy. This is kind of a basic 68, you know, he hits 15 greens. hits a lot of fairways, which has been really nice, but Loses a uh, um, you know a fraction of a shot approaching the green. Uh, it, it gains less than a shot in every other area. So it, it wasn't like anything in total really came together. But he played so well uh, and, and really put everything together. I mean, gained a, over a shot in every category during yesterday's round. And so yesterday he shoot sixty five, uh, which, which was bogey free, and today it's a 68 and it's, it's good enough for nine under, but you know, that's okay. Um, and again, it may even be a good thing when, when you head into the weekend, into the final two rounds with his recent performance, uh, his track record here, I, I believe is pretty good as well. So this is primo spot for Emiliano Grillo. Yeah. He's got a, I think a runner up and a third in the last three years here. Right. Yeah, it's pretty darn good. It, you know, it almost made me. Well, I was looking at him uh, entering the week. It, you know how sometimes we talk about this. You talk about this all the time. I know you and Sia do on the DFS show that like 8K chalk. <laughs> you just want to watch it. It just always seems like it's a bust. I, I know he wasn't 8K on DraftKings, but um, it almost looked too good to be true. I was a little worried about coming back from the open and maybe it, it would be a little too much and you'd see kind of what we're seeing out of Sepp Straka this week where it's you're, you're just exhausted but it's it has not been the case there is one person in our one and done who has Emiliano Grillo this week do you know who it is no who do you hope it is uh Kyle it's not Kyle who do you hope it's not Mark it's not Mark. So that's, that's, so that's good. That's good. 
it's me. Uh, all right we'll see yeah, uh good for you i'm not anybody but mark the mark victory lap on a friday night usually ends uh pretty sour so here's what we also have we've got two big names uh and three if you want to throw in sep straker who are not going to be around for the weekend we have to talk about them and we have a big problem lurking on the leaderboard still with holes to play we'll cover that but first we're going to take a quick break and hear a word from our partners this episode is brought to you by progressive insurance whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates – Price and coverage match limited by state law. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. And we're back. I might have uh, preemptively ejected Seth Schraka from this golf tournament. He's still very live to make the cut. He's got to get a couple under, a couple more under par here. There is one sizable name uh, that will not be around for the weekend, and it's Justin Thomas. And this is starting to become... A bit of a trend here, Greg. This is now five of his last seven missed cuts. He is in the field for next week, the final event before the end of the regular season uh, to see if he can punch his ticket to the FedEx Cup playoffs. The Friday 71 uh, had, I mean, it was like a two, it was like a two pencil day. Lots of birdies, a couple of doubles. Um, he seemed encouraged after his opening round 69, which was two under, but not enough in the right direction here on Friday. This was exactly what we've seen out of Justin Thomas. And it's exactly what Tony Finau talked about at the beginning of the week where, you know, he hit some amazing shots and, and he hit shots that make you feel like he could be number one in the world. But then there's, the well at the open championship it was the nine in this case it was a seven on 18 in fact the nine was also on on the 18th hole at the open championship as well uh, and he and he made a double at number four so he in those two double bogeys hit three balls into the water and and you know that's a, a cardinal sin right you have to avoid penalty shots but I, I do think when you look at this scorecard there are a lot of positive signs here uh, the the fact that the good shots are are still at that upper echelon level, he's still giving himself and missed a number of birdie chances today as well from very makeable range. So I mean, he could have made what ten birdies today, and uh, instead it's double bogeys that that plague him. So this can be problematic, but I do think it's a sign that he's close. Um, there's just a couple of things. It, it, this is something where co when confidence suffers a little bit, you get in that position where you're 211 yards out going for the green over water and you come up a few yards short. It just it seems like that happens more when your confidence is really low. Um, but but I think if you're Justin Thomas, you can head into next week knowing, hey, I can hit my wedges close like I like I used to. 
Uh, I can put the ball in play off the tee. Uh, and, and this is all going to come down to what I do on the greens. I, I, I don't know if the, um, if the new counterbalance putter has been a success. I, I would say it hasn't been for one week. Uh, I'm not sure he'll, he'll bail on it after just two rounds, especially when the two errors are uh, with iron in hand. I'll tell you what, Greg, uh, I believe it was number 10, which was his first hole of the day. He drives it. It's a short, short par four drives it. He's in the right rough stuffs a wedge to three and a half feet. He stood over that three and a half footer for an uncomfortable amount of time. I thought, I thought my stream paused. I thought I was buffering. I mean, he stood over it for so long, lipped it out, had four and a half feet for par, made that, but it looked, it looked painful. It looked, there is obviously so much going through his head in that moment. I, I do not, I do not envy that position one bit. We see putter changes work so well, so quickly, so often on the PGA tour. Uh, But, but there's a lot of putter changes that take place. And the ones that we hear about are when they work. And this is a case where it, it it hasn't been lightning in a bottle. So he's trying something new, but those kind of situations are signs that he, he doesn't have that spark of confidence that it so often gives you. So uh, again, I think there's, been an issue with Justin Thomas's putting for a really long time. And now this year, because he's struggling a little bit with his ball striking, it's putting a lot of pressure on the putting. And that's where you start to see it get into his mind. And you start to see him think a little bit more because now, well, Hey, look, this is a great birdie opportunity at, at, at the first. And I need to make this and I need to make a lot of them coming down. So the, the hole is shrinking because the, uh, the pressure is rising. And, and that's a place Justin Thomas hasn't played a lot of golf from, you know, he has played through his career a lot more in the uh, Scotty Scheffler mindset where these putts are for birdie. There's plenty of birdie putts coming and none of them really feel like must makes Yeah. until you get into the heat of battle on. Yeah. It's an interesting way to look at it, but this one doesn't matter if I'm going to have 17 more. Right. You know that. Yeah. So obviously the bow on this is that JT entered the week 75th in the FedEx Cup standings. If the tournament ended right now, he'd be 79th, but he's probably going to drop a little bit further than that. We'll see. He might be 80th or or worse. Uh, yeah, I, I have him projected as 80th. Okay. So, you know, we'll see where that ends up, but um, he's going to need a fairly strong finish at the Wyndham Championship. Greg, I think we were talking before the week started. He the, the amount of points he needed was equivalent to like a 21st place finish or something. Now he gets no points and still has to make up. I mean, it's going to have to be pretty good, I think, for him to make the playoffs. Yeah, yeah, it's going to have to be, you know, contention, right? And then you think about yeah. not just the playoffs. If he's able to scrap something out here, now he's played the Scottish, the Open, the 3M, the Wyndham, <laughs> Memphis would be his fifth in a row. Yeah. Albeit, I mean, they're, they're short weeks, um, unfortunately. But it's a lot of golf in a row, and, it, and it's really high-pressure golf. And so I, I worry with him um, next week where he has not had, I think, what, top 40. I don't think he's ever finished inside the top 40 at the Wyndham. 
maybe he's played it twice. Um, look, he certainly has the game for it, but he has to step up now. And and that's not an easy place to be in when you've been struggling with your game. Three trips to the Wyndham, although one of them was 2009. He was an amateur. Yeah, he was. that's when he had the, I think it was his first PGA Tour event. All right, he made the cut, finished T78. He weighed about 110 pounds, I think, soaking wet that yeah. week. And then he and had, had and they had the baggy clothes back then. Yeah, yeah. And then 2015, he finished T56. 2016, he missed the cut. So uh, the the other thing is, and I know I know we spent a lot of time talking about Justin Thomas in the last couple of weeks, but it is it is pretty. It would be unbelievably rare for a golfer of his caliber to go an entire season seemingly healthy. We haven't you know heard whatever and and miss the playoffs. Um, so it is kind of a big deal. You know, the fact that he hasn't even played this event since 2016. And having to add it to your schedule, there's a reason he hasn't played it. He hasn't needed to. And also, um, maybe he doesn't think it fits his game. There's just, this is, it's, it's, it's a tough watch right now. Every year, at least since 2015, you know, his, his mindset has been on winning the FedEx cup, right? I mean, it, it's trying to get yourself ready to perform really well in the playoffs and, and play in the Wyndham is not what's on your mind if you're uh, secure in the playoffs, right? You use that week for a little bit of rest. Um, so this is a, it's definitely a unique case. But the other thing, Rick, about him not getting in is, uh, and a player of his caliber not getting in, is he's, he, let's say he finishes 80th in the FedEx Cup. I mean, that that's very safe for the playoffs <laughs> every other year that we've ever had playoffs. You know, yeah. so they cut it from 125 to 70 this year. And that gets really tight. So there are a lot of good players. Justin Thomas's struggles have been well noted. And a, a lot of that has to do with the Ryder Cup as well. Um, but but he would, in previous years, he probably wouldn't have to play the Wyndham. He probably wouldn't have been here this week. You know, so it, it's, a, it's a unique year. And I think this is going to be a story in the future with only 70, 70 spots in, the, in that first playoff event where, you, you know, you're going to see some guys who play pretty well, who are, end up on the bubble. Cam Young will also not be around for the weekend. You know, it was a slow start on Thursday, 71, got off to a red hot start on Friday. And Greg, I was like, oh, it, it, okay. He's going to be back into it. He's going to go on to a run. He's going to maybe mix it up. I mean, he was four under when he made the turn. He was five under through 11, well within the cut line. And then he yanks one left on three into the water, makes double there, makes another bogey on eight, and it's sayonara. See you, see you down the road. Yeah, um, really disappointing stuff for Cam Young because it it was looking so good. Um, you know, not only not only to make the cut, but get you know getting contention. I, I don't think at the time he was five under. I don't think anybody was in double digits yet, uh, if, if I, I remember correctly. So I think he was within like three shots of the lead. Right. Um, and all of a sudden he's packing his bags going home. So very, very disappointing for Cam Young, whose play has been uh, a little bit better of late, but this kind of looked like an opportunity for him perhaps to check that box of the first win on the PGA tour. And boy, did it end abruptly. 
It did. Uh, Hideki Matsuyama is that lurker that I was referring to in the A block here. A phenomenal 64 on Thursday where he had the best tee to green round of his career. And as of right now, he's still out on the golf course. He's playing the 14th hole on the course, his 14th hole as well. He's two under. So he will uh, seemingly, Greg, kind of be jockeying for position here at the end of round two, hopefully putting himself in the spot to get a late tee time on Saturday afternoon and continue tend for a 3m open title did you know yesterday he did not hit it outside of 30 feet i heard uh so i don't i don't remember i heard them say something like that this morning about what his average proximity was and then also i think his average was his average proximity like 13 feet yesterday 13 feet 10 inches which which his average proximity average on tour is like 30 feet, which is like one of the best. Right. Very so, good. Very good. So to be way inside of that. And I didn't know, I did not know that he did not hit a single one outside of 30 feet. That's yeah. why yeah. it, it, I was looking at his, uh, at the chart cause you're watching him play and it's, they're coming down all over the flag stick. Um, the, the farthest one was from 218 yards on number 13 par three. He hit it to 29 feet, five inches. Uh, <laughs> everything else is inside the, of that. Certainly gaining to the field. 213 uh, yards to, to yeah. 29 feet. Yeah, it was absolutely unreal. So um, I just, I could not believe that. And of course, today, you're not replicating that. No. Uh, although well, he, like, he might never do that again. No, I, I, I don't know. I don't think I've ever seen that. I mean, 30 feet's a, it's like a, if you hit it to 30 feet on the golf course, you're thinking, okay, this is, oh, it's a look like uh, it's a look. It's not, it's not unreasonable. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you probably, you're more likely not to hit one inside of 30 feet all day. Yes. You know, it's close. Yeah. It's My just un unbelievable. And so today, obviously it's, it's not the, it's not the same, but still quite good. He did hit it really close. Um, hit it in there to, five feet, four feet, seven inches at number five, unfortunately missed it. So it was a little, it was a little bit of a slow start today. You know, he made nine pars in a row on his first nine holes, but all of a sudden a birdie at 10, uh, a birdie at 12. And, and he's, um, he is in the fairway. I think he hit, he actually he just, hit it into the bunker. Yeah. He just fanned it into the, this guy stinks. He just fanned it into the right greenside bunker. Yeah. Now there is water all the way up the left side on this hole. So um maybe play maybe he's not sure of how to swing right now. Yeah, he's a little he's a little little troublesome. But he, you know, he's doing Hideki things today. You saw kind of disappointed finishes and follow-throughs and it, it comes down like 12 feet away. He's the best. He, unreal so hey i'm rooting for him maybe i mentioned it with lee hodges being able to really create some separation yeah. uh, and i mentioned hideki at the masters maybe hideki can do what hideki does hopefully he was just on his phone for the last two hours um we'll get to those betting odds in a second but let me give you a little bit of an update here so uh, lee hodges did make a birdie on nine so he has taken the solo lead he'll make the turn three under for the day, 11 under four 
the championship, which uh, gives him a one-shot lead over the guys in the clubhouse of Kevin Strillman and JT Poston. That's the update there. Hideki, um, we'll see what he ends up doing. But Hideki out on the golf course, Tyler Duncan out on the golf course at nine under par. Josh, are we ready? Are we ready for Are we ready for the odds? If we are, that's great. If not, Greg and I can vamp. Greg's a radio guy. He knows how to vamp. Greg, what are you looking forward to on Saturday? <laughs> oh, well, Rick, uh, <laughs> as we continue to vamp, I'm looking, I'm really looking forward to seeing how this, this little bit plays out here this afternoon. Cause I think it, I think this leaderboard could really change and it could make a big difference. So I, I do think it's an important time to look at the odds board. Um, cause there may be a little bit of an advantage somewhere here. Well, from your lips to Josh's ears, and there's the odds board. Lee Hodges out on the golf course, ever changing, is the favorite four to one. Hideki Matsuyama five to one. Tony Finau six to one. JT Poston nine to one. Everybody else longer than that. You can find some Vincent Norman action at twenty eight to one. You can find Kevin Streelman at sixteen to one. I I do agree with you, Greg. Uh, this next couple of hours is going to be pretty critical, and even. I, I think these odds are are probably going to be very different, even as the second once the second round actually comes to an end. So this brings up the question to me because I think Lee Hodges is going to make uh, a birdie at ten, um, I, and I think he's going to make a number of birdies coming in. So I would not be surprised if he ends up at you know thirteen or fourteen under. I agree. so the question is. If you like, if you're like me and, and the guys that you're looking at are named JT Poston and Emiliano Grillo, um, do you wait, let, let him kind of separate a little bit? Will, will that improve? Will, will you get a better number as yeah. Lee Hodges extends? Yeah. So like, if you were really sick, what you could do right now, like right now is, is get Lee Hodges at four to one. And then at the end of the round or tomorrow morning, go get Emiliano Grillo at like 16 to one or whatever that's, that's going to be right. I mean, cause right. I, I agree if, if Lee Hodges is leading this tournament by three or four shots heading into the weekend, everybody's going to have to shift down. Right. I, I would think so. I mean, I may, I may go with uh Hideki if I was going to make that play and make a move right now, I, I may go to Hideki at, at, uh, at five, Josh is telling us they're already moving. Josh or uh, Hideki is already at, at six and a half to one. Well, it's going to be, because it's going to be wild. Lee Hodges has a birdie putt on, on 10. Oh, where'd he hit it on 10? That was it a really super, gettable hole. It location. wasn't super close, but he hit it to uh, 30 feet, 30 feet. That's that makeable. That's that like, Oh, yeah. Yeah. it's a good shot. Right. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> Terrible uh, for Hideki yesterday. Yeah. Terrible. Worst shot of the day. All right. Well, listen, we will, we'll see how this plays out. A couple hours of golf still to be played on Friday night. And then we'll obviously make the cut and, uh, head to the weekend in Blaine and sprint to the finish line here, Greg. It should be, should be a blast. Yeah. I'm, I'm really looking forward to it. So we'll see how this plays out and, um, we'll talk about it some more tomorrow night. Uh, big thanks, producer Josh. Does all the hard work behind the scenes. Greg Ducharme available on Twitter at the real GFD. And you can find me at Rick run. Good. This has been the first cut. We'll catch you next time.
When you have sports mixed with your pop culture, along with humor and celebrity interviews, your earbuds are enjoying the Rich Eisen Show. Dan Orlovsky, are you still a Jaden Daniels is the best quarterback available in the draft guy? I think the three things that make it stand out for me are number one, I think his ball placement versus man coverage is the best in the draft. Every quarterback in the NFL is accurate. He's got the best on tape. Number two, most transferable stuff to the NFL. And then I think the third thing is pocket peace. Search for the Rich Eisen Show on YouTube or wherever you listen.